It is Friday, February 12th, and I have special guest astrologer Susan Grace here today. Super excited. Thank you for being here, Susan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we had a little um, time snafu, which I think is actually pretty freaking funny because that never happens to me because I'm so insanely fastidious about that sort of thing. I'm always like, it's EST, it's EST. And then I'm always <laughs> calculating all the things. And this time I didn't do that at all. I just assumed everybody knew what was in my brain. But we're here. So we're good. here. And Mercury retrograde, I think we need a lot of forgiveness on this kind of stuff. It's just this one's really packed up. So yeah, like mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever felt so impacted by a retrograde in like it, but it feels different too. It's like less, I don't know, less stabby and just more like everything's changing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of like trippy. It's kind of trippy, and you just and you just keep like going through it, going, are we through it yet? Nope, mm -mm. nope, still not through it yet. Just, just, just keep going. Keep going. Just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. We have eight more days, in case you're wondering. Eight more days. Well, and so much can happen in eight days. So, holy moly. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, then, that sounds fun. Well, so I wanted to talk about something, like, fun and lighthearted with you today, as opposed to, like, oh, it's the end of the world again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, and we can still... But I had people, if they wanted to, to calculate their Venus signs so they could throw them through here. But when I was talking to Susan about doing this um, as live today, I was saying, oh, we'll talk about people's signs and how they relate together in love and relationship. And she was like, you know, not sun signs, Venus signs. So, and so tell me kind of about that, like why, why Venus signs and not sun signs? Um, when it... When you, when you go into relating with other people, especially if we're talking about like love, then you go through Venus. Venus is a receiver. Venus, Venus opens up and lets things in. So when you, when you love, your heart opens up in a particular way to let things in, and therefore that's the way you give it out too. Mars is what you're attracted to. That's more like drive. Juno marks like what will make you want to like do a long-term commitment with someone. Those are different than your sun sign. So if you look at just your sun sign, you're not getting to the mark. Like um, you're not, you're not getting to how do you actually love, right? Like, so for instance, you have a lot of Scorpio and a lot of Sagittarius, but your Venus is in Virgo. The way that you, <laughs> so the way that you love it's, it's not like at all. Like your, like your son and the stuff you've got in Sagittarius at all. And yeah. so you have to know your Venus to be like, oh, this is actually my love language. This is how I express it. This is how I let it in. Because if somebody just goes after your Scorpio, they're not getting it. No. They're not getting it. I mean, they have to know your Scorpio, of course. But that doesn't get all the way into like the heart of it. It's very confusing for people who try to love me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's like all the rest of me is nothing like this part. Yeah. So, so like super intense Scorpio, right? But, but if someone comes in and puts a note on your desk and says, here's your schedule for the day, you'd be like, oh, he loves me. You're thinking of me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Likewise, you're like being all like, you know, doing like witchy stuff. And then you put a note on the fridge and say, dinner's at seven. Here's what we're having. And they go, okay, she loves me. 
I need that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be late. I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's that's really interesting because I think for a lot of us, just like looking at you know the, the three major signs that we look at, which is the sun, the moon, and the rising, it's so easy to forget about you know other planets that <laughs> are corresponding to those different things. So, um, what would you say? Like, what is yours? Mine's Sagittarius. Ooh. Yeah, so I have a, unlike you, we both have a lot of Scorpio, but my Venus is in Sagittarius. So I'm super like intense. You know how it is to be a Scorpio. Um, but, you know, in, in love, if it's not fun, I'm not really interested in it. No, thank you. If you just get to my Scorpio, it's just intense all the time. You'll wear me out. Mm -mm. But put me on a plane and give me a break from being a Scorpio. Oh, Feels so much better. Hmm. Expecting to be in my Scorpio all the time. I, I live there all the time. I need a break so that I go to relationships to get some relief. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So oh, Matt is saying Matt is also Venus and Sagittarius. So like, let's say if, so if your Venus is in Sagittarius, for example, what would be a Venus that goes well with the Sagittarius, you know what I'm saying? Like the partner? Yeah. Um, maybe Gemini, maybe, because it's its opposite sign. And so I think that opposite signs balance, balance each other out, but you'd have to understand each other. Like, like Sagittarius Venus would look at a Gemini Venus and be like, that's interesting because Venus in, Sag in, in Gemini is kind of like all over the place and is real chatty. And so Venus and Sagittarius would sit back and be like, what is this person actually trying to say? Mm. Okay. And then the other way around is the Venus and Gemini person would be like, beep, 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 beep. and then, and then <laughs> watching Sagittarius like go for meaning. Then the Gemini, the Venus and Gemini would be like, I wonder how you got to that and start to break it down on what kind of information got there. Right. Um, I don't know that, I don't know that Venus in like the serious ones, like, Venus in Capricorn, Venus in Virgo, Venus in may, maybe Venus in Taurus, but Capricorn and Virgo, they're so serious and practical that Venus in Sagittarius would be like, oh God, because Venus in, <laughs> Venus in Capricorn and Venus in Virgo wants to work on things. They're serious about it, right? So when they're like, we need to work on our relationship, Venus in Sagittarius would be like, oh my God, I'm going to be over here doing not that. No. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. If we have to work on it, why are we here? <laughs> I feel like I've said this too. Though. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. Right, right. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. We have so many different Venuses here. Okay. Do you want to like kind of like quickly run down through some of them? Sure. I can go. You want to do all 12? Yeah, let's do all 12 and then we wouldn't miss anyone. Okay. So we'll start with Aries. Okay. Hello, Aries. Okay. Venus and Aries is like very forward and spontaneous and kind of in your face, right? And so I was thinking about Venus and Aries earlier this morning. It would be like, it would, a Venus and Aries would be like, can I get your number? And the person's like, um, you're going into surgery and I'm your surgeon. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so inappropriate. What are you doing? <laughs> so get, it's going to be like that. 
Okay. <laughs> They're really into it all of a sudden. <laughs> no matter what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no matter what's happening. <laughs> um, okay, Venus and Taurus. Taurus is um, Venus and Taurus is super romantic and they're going to go for the best in things, no matter what their resources are. So like if they want to get you a blanket, right, and resources are limited, they'll go to Target and feel every blanket and make sure they get the softest one, right? If they're going to make you dinner, they're not going to make you a hamburger. They're going to make you a souffle. It's going to be like, like the best and really romantic. And it's a slow burn too. They're not in a hurry because Taurus like takes its time. So high quality, slow burn. Um, Gemini, I was just talking about Gemini. Gemini falls in love with best friends and they feel like best friends. Venus in Gemini, okay? So it's like beep, 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 beep. Now I talk to, when I read for people who only have Venus in Gemini and the rest of their stuff is elsewhere, usually their picker is broken. So I have to talk to them about, what's it, you know, cause they're like, I don't know what's going on with me. And I'm like, well, it's cause you have Venus in Gemini. And, and really it should be best friends. So you, they, they start falling in love with best friends. They're like, yeah, but it just feels like a best friend. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. They're like, oh, okay. And then they go on with it. They didn't realize that the best, they, the best friend thing is actually what they need. Um, fourth house, cancer. Like Taurus, it's into food too. But cancer is going to make you like a pot pie. It's not going to make you a souffle. It's going to make you something comforting. They probably learned it from their mother. Okay. <laughs> And you're going to be on the couch under a blanket watching Netflix. That's what it's going to be. Netflix and chill. That's right. <laughs> but it's literally going to be chill. It's not code for something. Oh, oh. We're watching this and don't interrupt. I wanted to We're actually going to watch this movie. Yeah. That's Venus and Cancer. That's Venus and Cancer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Leo. Leo is demonstrative in how they love. Venus and Leo is demonstrative. So like my son is Venus and Leo. He says, I love you like 25 times a day. Like it's all the time. He'll he, like, he watches like chopped on like cooking shows, competitions with me. And he'll have his favorite and be like, chef, Ann, I love you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so sweet. Very demonstrative, very on display. Okay. Now, as far as like adults are concerned, like if they're going to send you like, like flowers to your office, right. It's going to be the really big flowers because they want to, they want to show you but also they get lots of attention for being the one who sent that. Like, oh, your boyfriend's amazing. He's like, I know, right. How <laughs> <laughs> Leo. Right. Uh, Venus and Virgo, this is you. Okay. It's, it's the fixer. It's the one that shows up. It's, it's like writing a list for people. It's being like, here's how you get your shit straight. Okay. And that's it. And that's how you express love. If it's like, if I, if I was dating a Venus and Leo guy, he would come over and he'd be like, I got a surprise for you. And he would switch out all of my light bulbs that have gone out. And I'd be like, Oh, that's so nice. You must really be into me. Wow. <laughs> Very like practical and showing up in everyday life. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Venus and Libra totally like into rom-com way to go about this they want they want the lovely story they want everyone to look lovely they want a beginning middle and end they want to be asked out on a date they want to have a first kiss they want it happily ever after and all that stuff and so if if you're not into that right they're showing up in that way and you're not then they easily will feel like they're being taken advantage of so watch it if you're not into that don't engage with them if you're like i'm all about the story then good Go be with the Venus and Libra. If you're not into it, let it go. 
because they'll get pissy when you let them down. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's the thing about Libra is they they get along and they go along until they don't. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, they really, really don't. <laughs> right, right. Um, let's see, Scorpio. Venus in Scorpio is obsessive. Now, if you're not also a sun in Scorpio, you may not know that about this person. So someone who's like a Capricorn or an Aquarius, but they got a Venus in Scorpio, like you can't tell from the outside, but in the background, they're, they're feeling like if you're not stalking me, you're not into me yet. And it's like, oh shit. And then, because they're definitely stalking you. They've looked at your, all your pages. They looked at your friend list. They can see you commenting on all the photos. You better know they're looking. They are looking for sure. Okay. They're, they're like really into it, but you may not know. Um, very loyal. The two most loyal signs we've got for, in general, but especially Venus about love, is Scorpio and Taurus, that axis. Loyal almost to a fault, very loyal. Um, Sagittarius, we just talked about. Um, philosophical play, airplanes, that kind of stuff. If it's not fun, not really interested. Uh, Capricorn, Capricorn, Venus and Capricorn will watch something like a relationship for a while and be monitoring it to see if it's going to last. If it's not going to last, they're out. Hmm. So they can come across as being like anti-commitment, like have a hard time committing, but that's not what's happening. It's just their excellence driven. And, and if they, if it's not going to work, then they're not into it. Interesting. <coughs> um, Aquarius, Aquarius, Venus and Aquarius is into weird things. They're into like, like seriously public displays of affection where it's like here. Yeah, here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they love it that you've got pet rats. They love it. And, and if they've got pet rats, you better love it or like, forget it. <laughs> and then Pisces, Pisces, Pisces falls in love with in karmic situations. This feels karmic and they fall in love with it. Oh dear. Yeah, which, which sounds amazing, except that they'll fall in love with the karma and then try and love you through suffering too. So it's karmic, but they're also an asshole. Well, it's because they were abused. Oh my God, they're still an asshole, okay? I have to talk to Venus and Pisces people and be like, can we end this timeline, please? Please, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. Right, so... It's almost like they fall in love with suffering. Ooh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so I have to kind of walk up to them slowly and be like, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. We don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all 12. Wow. So, okay. For some reason, my mind is blanking, but like, I think that I am married to a Venus in Pisces. Or is he? I don't, I don't remember. But whatever it is, it's interesting because, oh my God, everybody's like going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they're just like dying laughing over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because it's like, it sounds, it sounds like you. But I have, I think, because I am a Scorpio, um, I have that thing where I'm like, I want you to be obsessed with me. Yes. But if you show weakness and you're too obsessed, then I have to kill you. You're dead to me. So it's like that balance of like, you need to be obsessed with me, but then like not too obsessed with me. You need to be your own person unless I don't want you to be. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, you want the practical version of obsession because you're Venus and Virgo. Okay, thank you, Susan. That, that's a much better way of explaining myself than what I normally do. <laughs> yeah, it's not that they're being too obsessed. It's they're not being practical. Like, this is enough. God. <laughs> oh, my God, I feel so seen and heard. Okay, <laughs> I want the practical version of obsession. <laughs> right. It, it needs to make sense. God. <laughs> So, okay. And so, okay. So we have our Venus signs and then obviously like certain, there's like a million different combinations that either work or don't work with these different things. Um, but like, let's say, okay, so let, let's just use me as an example. I'm Venus in Virgo. Mm -hmm. Do I, or does a person need to understand the other, their partners or whoever they're, you know, seeing on this Valentine's holiday, do they need to know their Venus and kind of mood in that way of gift giving? Because I feel like a lot of us tend to default to what we like. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And then, and kind of do that for a partner. And then we're kind of mad when they don't like it. Mm -hmm. I can't answer my question, but yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, so you're, you're Venus in Virgo, right? If, if someone's going to take you on a date, which I'm aware of COVID, so don't actually do this, okay? But if you're if we're gonna in normal times, if you're gonna go out on a date, right? <laughs> in the before time, right? <laughs> and someone's gonna take you on a private jet and go to the Ritz for dinner, and then they're gonna they're gonna rent a limo and all that shit. Like you'd be impressed, but you'd be like, "How much is this? This is this is crazy." <laughs> Did you think this through? I mean, do you have any money left? Yeah. <laughs> and like, do you even pay attention to me? Do you have even notice what I like and need in my life? <laughs> you know my lawnmower's broken, right? Why didn't you fix it? Just fix the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's knowing where they're coming from. Right? Like a like like same thing with Leo. If you're with the Venus and Leo. And they sent you like all the flowers. You'd be like, I have no room for these flowers. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's me. Or, or I'm like, oh my God, do I need to now cut these and put them in some fucking water? Are you kidding? I great, great, great. <laughs> so basically what you're saying, Susan, is it would behoove you in a relationship that you want to maintain to check out what your partner's Venus sign is so that you could maybe speak to them in their love language as opposed to yours. Right. And then, you know, and then, and then let's be honest about your own Venus. Like if you're going to be in a relationship and you want it to last, don't drop hints, tell people what you like and what you want. Tell them. I remember like years ago, years ago, like when I was in my twenties, I was watching Dr. Phil and there was a, there was a woman who was like, I just wish he would just do it. I don't want to tell him. And he's like, I've got news for you. Some people need a list. Just give them a list. Okay. Just tell them what you want. God, just tell them. It's the same for every, it's same for everything, right? Like tell people what you're into. It's well, okay. So I'm with you on that. And it's, it's like a lifelong lesson, right? Because I know for myself and so many others, I know it's like that feeling of, I want you to intuitively oh, figure God. out what it is I want and do it. If 
I have to tell you, then it cancels it out entirely. And it's not constructive in any relationship, friendships or romantic, but I see us doing this like a lot. And I've said to people like, you're gonna need to use your words because it's been 15 years. He, <laughs> he doesn't know. Right. He, he doesn't actually know. Doesn't, he actually doesn't know. He literally doesn't know. <laughs> right. right. It, I think that might be a, ma a male female thing because, <laughs> because women, just because of the, the way that we operate and also the society we live in, we're well versed in feeling things out and being like, I think I understand. Like, we're, that's what we do. We, we, we feel it. We intuit it. We connect in a heart level. Men aren't used to that. Either they're not used to it or they're not built that way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. It's just, for the most part, it doesn't happen that way. So just tell them, God. Yeah. Put, your, put both of you out of your misery. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you like it. Because have you read that book, Existential Kink? No. Oh, man. You should look it up. It's one of those books where um, it's like, you know, read half of it and then it kind of repeats itself. But the, the premise is that we get off on some situations that are not pleasant and we actively seek out ways to prolong those situations because we actually secretly like it. So, you know, people who are constantly complaining about a situation but never do anything to change it, it's like, well, I actually kind of like complaining about it. I love complaining about these things. And so what the book is basically trying to say is that when you allow yourself to have the forbidden fruit, which is whatever that kink is, that is not acceptable, then it becomes less glamorous and you can kind of move out of that cycle. Um, but I feel like, you know, maybe not today in my, my current life, but in the one yesterday, I did kind of enjoy conflict in romantic relationships because I felt like conflict like that showed me, and I'm probably like exposing my dysfunctions here, but it showed me um, how much you cared if we could like really kind of fight about things and like you got really like passionate. Um, so it's kind of like me like needling to kind of get that passion where I don't do that as much anymore, but it was definitely something. Yeah, I was looking to see if you have this in your chart and you don't. So that's a, you and I can have a conversation about this privately about where that comes from. But that's something that, I mean, if you're just interested, that's something that both Venus and Mars and Aries people do is they think that fighting is flirting. <laughs> like, no, this means I'm into you. Like, oh my God, wow. I like you so much. Let's bring the fire. <laughs> yeah, let's argue. Here's Are something you? I noticed that's going to make you upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's engage. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. And then, wow, you're still here. Awesome. Wow. You just love me. <laughs> that might be your, that might be your, you have Venus and Mars and Virgo. It might be what you're doing is to see if they're going to stay. Yes. And so that is, a, that is a thing too. It's like, how, how far can I push you to improve your loyalty? To like, wow, you're still here. All right. You must really love me or, or you have a lot of problems <laughs> and I fit perfectly into it. Yes. My Scorpio is into both of those. I love it. Well, <laughs> okay. So, so, um, how does it so how does it feel like I'm living this and I think you are too to kind of have well no sort of so I have basically no earth signs in my chart except for my Mars and Venus and you know when I think about that 
abstractly, it feels like two very interesting places to anchor me down because it's love and war, right? Oh, whoa. Yeah, it can be. Uh-huh. <laughs> now. <laughs> now I've decided to see it. But, but when I look at like, when we look at like, you know, people's charts and stuff, or when you look at them um, and you see that a person's predominantly like, you know, one or two elements, and then they only, they don't have any grounding or maybe no water. Like, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a lack of balance of the um, elements in their chart. Does the places where they anchor into a different sign that's out of the usual for them, does that make a bigger impact or feel like a conflict? It doesn't feel like a conflict. It's relief. So I have um, a lot of water and I also have some fire, a little bit of air. But I have zero plant, zero planets in Earth, zero. zero. And so it's, yeah. So it's the way that that feels is sometimes, um, sometimes it, it feels dense and difficult to be incarnated, like physicality, Earth kind of stuff feels like heavy. But I also have to go there to get balanced out. So like, um, so I intentionally go into Taurus. Like I'm really into cooking. Cooking is my meditation. It's like getting into food, right? And and like Capricorn, when I make like really big decisions, if I'm the boss of my own life, I feel better. Um, and then, you know, Virgo is the list kind of things. You, you intentionally go into those signs, but they're not easy to get into. So like if you have a whole lot of earth and you don't have any water, you probably need to like figure out how to feel. And figuring out how to feel might be like getting yourself in water. It wouldn't be, and now I'm going to cry. Like if you have a lot of water, you can cry on a dime, boom, right? But if you're an earth sign, you'd have to get yourself in water and be determined to get your emotions out. Yeah. You have to be determined because you need to be, you need to be balanced. Life is getting too heavy. Makes sense? Yes. It's actually fascinating because I have never thought of it this way where you actively choose things that the sign you're trying to have more of would be into, which is, I think is what you're saying. Like you're saying you choose a Taurus like activity because it's grounding and yeah. you need that grounding. And I would never have thought of it that way. Like, you know, if I'm feeling, especially in my Scorpio, maybe that means I need to kind of get some grounding, get some, you know, do yeah, you need to go to Taurus. You need to get your feet in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for houses, like clear houses. You can do whatever you want in those houses, but you have to intentionally go there. So like I'm a first house son. I mean this affectionately because I like myself. Okay. But this is what happens with first house sons. First house sons, well, they, they own their own life and they're independent, that kind of stuff. But they can also be like, how is this about me? And it's like, not everything is. God, calm down. <laughs> right? And so first house son people can like kind of implode on themselves because everything is oriented in the first house. So I do much better whenever I'm in relationships, seventh house, because I have a mirror. I have something to bounce off of. I'm thinking about somebody besides my damn self all the time. So you can go, go into other houses to get relief, soft place to land, balance out, those kinds of things. But you have to intentionally go there. Yeah. And this is that self-awareness and feeling like you, ha you have that understanding of who you are and what you need at different points in time. Yeah. That's yeah, this is, I mean, it's, I, I think we're, 
because because um, one of the things that is involved with Aquarius is astrology. I think we're getting into a time when it's going to become commonplace that everyone needs to know their chart. Everyone. I mean, like when you're 10, start looking at your chart. And 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 it it is it we're, we make life harder than it has to be when we don't know how we operate. And so if you're doing what you're supposed to do, or if you're following somebody else's model, or if you're trying to get acceptance, if you're people pleasing and you don't operate in those ways in the first place and you're forcing everything, you're making it way harder than it has to be. Mm. If you're like, I, I'm just not, I'm just not into that. Then you can move on and go towards like what's actually calling you, where your actual work is, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And kind of like in many Indian cultures, it's part of just being alive is you have your Vedic astrologer and you get mm -hmm. your birth chart. And before you get married, they take the birth charts, they put them together, make sure you're compatible and kind of bringing that in. Well, I mean, people like you have been doing this and bringing it into the mainstream because, you know, I've been working with you for, I think, three years now, mm -hmm. three years. And I have, you know, in that time, you'd think I would have retained more information, but, you know, <laughs> that's why I keep coming back, Susan, I forgot it all. Um, but that's not true. But, you know, having you as a person to say like, okay, this is what's happening astrologically, and this is how it's affecting you personally, has been a huge eye-opener for me and has helped me navigate things because I don't feel so like I'm a spinning top in the middle of nothingness. Mm -hmm. It's like there's, there's something happening and it's happening for a reason. And yeah, sometimes it's really uncomfortable because we're growing and learning things, but knowing what my path looks like in some way and what I'm better at, not so great at, what I like, what I don't like, it just makes so much sense and helps me to kind of have that roadmap of my life that otherwise I would have no freaking clue. Like, ah. Yeah, and it really helps a lot to know that life is not picking on you, okay? Like, this is, this is the intent. Everyone goes through it at some point in their life. Here's the, ex the, the exact years it's gonna happen. It'll be over at this point which is sometimes frustrating because people will be like, am I done yet? I'm like, nope. They're like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell that it's the, it's the Pluto, it's the Pluto square Pluto kind of stuff. When people are like, isn't this over? I'm like, nope, nope. You got, you got a few more years yet. And they're like, I think I'm done. I'm like, all right. And they come back and they're like, I'm not done. Wow. <laughs> It's still here. it's still here but at least you can work with it and i think it's really important to understand that every single transit is in your favor every transit even the pluto ones no matter how challenging it's trying to get you exalted it's trying to heal you it's on purpose it's by design mm -hmm. and same with your with your natal chart the way that you were created is the way you were meant to be created don't wish yourself away don't fight it this is how you are. And yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, kind of tying that back into relationships, it just has me thinking, like, so often we have this idea of what our partner should be like. And mm -hmm. we just have an idea of it. But how amazing would it be if instead of wanting someone to be a certain way, we respected them for how they are and how they can compliment us and know that like, somebody who is very different from us could be that counterbalance that brings, you know, that, that state that, what, what is that word? The balance, bring that balance into your life and they don't have to be like you and you don't have to be like them. You can kind of retain your individuality while complementing each other. 
Sure. So like people who have very different charts that wouldn't, you wouldn't think naturally go together, but in real life, they're really into each other. I tell them just treat each other with a high degree of curiosity. Like Ooh. that's interesting. Hmm. Right. Like they're like, they're an exotic, exotic animal. Like, Ooh, I'm going to watch that. What's going on there? You're like on safari and you're observing. Right. What is happening with that lawnmower? Wow. How do you get up every morning and make the bed? Wow. Every day. Every day. But the opposite is true too. Like if you can get really mature about knowing how you operate and knowing what you want in relationships and be, once you get, to, I mean, when you, when you do relationships long enough, you get kind of sick of the drama and like, I don't want any more drama. Okay. If you get to that point, then when you start meeting people, you can look at their charts right away and look for things that you know are, are a deal breaker mm. you, that you know they are. And then you can, you can gracefully go mm, not into it. Now that takes, that takes a lot of maturity because we fall in love with the idea of people. We fall in, sometimes we fall in love with projects. Maybe I can talk them out of being their chart. <laughs> like, good luck with that. You can't, but you can try. You can try. And then eventually over time, you start going, I know for a fact, this shit ain't going to work. It's just not. And I, I, um, one of the great benefits that I've found over time is after relationships fall away, I look at their chart again when I'm not in rose-colored glasses. I look at it again. I'm like, yep, that, that, that. Next time I see that, I'm not doing it. Ooh, this sounds like a fun project. Like it is. <laughs> like, go go get all your ex's birth information. Yes. <laughs> Do this. Be like, you know, texting their mom. Be like, oh hey, just just when was he born? When was he born? <laughs> I'm not. Admit, gonna... <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many people have tried to figure out how to find a birth time without asking. And I don't know of a way yet, unless you're going to assist them with getting a passport and you would need their birth certificate to do it. That's the only thing I can think of. You want me to help you get a passport? I just need your birth certificate. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. And that's like really wildly specific. <laughs> there has to be some other way that like, you know, it's kind of, well, depending on how you ended things, right? With the relationship, like, oh you know, I can look up your chart for you for your own benefit. You know, I'm an astrology witch now. Do you want, do you want this? And maybe they would like it. I don't know. There's also, there are, there are astrologers who can figure out a birth time based on like the way that they behave or the way that they look or um, how introverted or extroverted they are. There's, there's ways to do it. I'm just, I just don't know how. But other people, there's there's ways to do it. You can figure out a birth time. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to just like run it through a calculator, right? No, you'd have to talk to someone and describe how they were. Like again, if they're if they're outward or inward, if they, um, you know, their confidence. Like you'd have to look at all kinds of stuff. And then, uh, sometimes yeah. I think that they look at like physical features too. Oh wow. Okay, that's really in depth. So. Yeah, so, so basically, just for everybody listening, as you move into new relationships, just make sure to get that information on the front end <laughs> so you don't have to do the sleuthing on the back end. But yeah, I mean, that would, if we did that, like, you know how some people go, um, I think 
in the in the Catholic religion, you go and you take some sort of marriage classes or something like that, where you talk about being married or I don't know, I don't really know what they do, but I've heard about it. I'm, I'm thinking like how, how beneficial would that be if instead of that, we did the birth charts and actually like looked at strengths and weaknesses. Um, because, you know, you and I did not for relationship, but just for like business stuff with me and my business partner. And that was so helpful to figure out the best way of communication for us. And when things are tense, what do we do? I specifically remember you saying, make lists, make lists. Like just whenever there's a, a tough spot, just make a freaking list and like, you know, put it all out there and there. And that advice was so helpful because everybody's different and they have different styles. But if you both want to make something work and you have that understanding, then you then have the tools. So having a reading with you and doing that chart comparison um, even if it's not a romantic relationship, I think is really amazing and important. I appreciate that. And I, and I mean, I really commend the people like people like you who are starting to be proactive in figuring out like their business relationships, their children, potential relationships, people are being proactive about that and trying to see like, how does this function and how can I make it the best it can be? I think that's going to become more and more and more commonplace. I mean, like rapidly. So I, <clears throat> that thing about birth times, just in the last, I don't know, probably three years, I've noticed that, because I read for a lot of women, I, read, I do have a, a, good, a good amount of men, but it's mostly women. I think in the last few years, it's been like, men are like, what the fuck are you asking me for my birth time for? But recently it's been like, yeah, here you go. Tell me what she says. <laughs> There's so many memes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, oh guys, if she asked for your birth time, run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and if, if someone's going to run when you ask for their birth time, that's a flag. If you're really into this stuff and you want to figure out how relationships function and they're like, no, thank you. Okay, thank you for making that clear. Wow. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, Susan, it's funny because and I'm not a sportsy person at all, um, but obviously I know who Tom Brady is. Um, <laughs> I, I lived in Boston for a while, but I ran across this news article that was was him talking after the he won the Super Bowl um, recently, and he was saying about his wife and how she um, is a good witch and she makes these altars for him, and that he has stopped questioning her. He consults her before the season and before big games. She tells him, you know, take this crystal, do this thing, do that, da da da. And he's like, she's always right. I don't question her. I have my little mini altar that I bring with me to the games. Blah 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 blah. And you know, I read that. And I said, yes, because what is now happening is which is mainstream because, you know, like love them or hate them, the two of them, you know, Giselle and Tom, they are right there in the spotlight. And for the two of them to basically say that, you know, Giselle's using witchcraft to <laughs> have him win the, the Super Bowls is normalizing something that used to be completely like you don't ever talk about it. So yeah, like, whoa, Aquarius energy. <laughs> totally. I mean, and it's, it's coming out like in the, in the highest parts of like institutions too. Like, um, was it, I can't remember who said it. I think it has to do with JP Morgan. Anyway, it's not that millionaires use, use astrology, billionaires do. Yes. 
and it and it and it used to be like common that the astrologer for like royal kingdoms was out front. It used to be that there was an office for the astrologer in the White House. Okay, and and so that's that's going to come back up too. I happen to have a client who is direct friends with the astrologer for for one of the parties at the federal level. I'm like, I knew I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> You know, it makes so much sense, Susan, and it also makes even more sense why it hasn't been, you know, trickled down to the commoners because, you know, then we would know the secrets of doing all the things. Right. <laughs> then we're like, oh, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> it's amazing. <Yeah. laughs> but I think, I think all that's going to, all that is, is going to start coming up from everywhere. Commonplace. R- rapidly so. Mm, I'm so here for that. I'm so here for that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we like kind of close up, I wanted to ask you one more question because sure. we just had kind of a rather large Aquarius event yesterday, the new moon and the stellium. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insights about what this specific new moon, new moon means for us? Yes. So um, it's a really big new moon because we had six planets and luminaries in Aquarius. So Aquarius is having a moment saying, whoa, okay. And it's squaring into Taurus. Aquarius's ruler, Uranus is in Taurus. Okay. And that's square, that, those are squaring. Uranus and Taurus is going to say, we're going to create new, new worlds. We're creating new worlds. But in order to do that, you have to get really honest with yourself in Aquarius about whether or not you're willing to evolve into your true resonance, okay? How willing are you? Like if you've, if you've been doing the same thing all the time because everybody expects you to, but it does not resonate with you at all, are you willing to get into true resonance so you can go up? Or is that too hard and you're gonna stay where you are? I'm gonna tell you that if you're gonna stay where you are on traditions and rules and expectations and how it's always been done, you're going to have a real hard time because Pluto is breaking those down in Capricorn. So right now it's about willingness. Are you willing to do what it takes to go up with how you vibrate, resonate? Because we're going to start creating a better way of being in the world and therefore solving the world's problems in ways that we've never seen before. But we can't do it from the old vibration. So like you can't solve a problem from the same vibration that it was created in, right? I think that was Einstein. You have to go to a different level in order to solve those problems. Now that doesn't mean we're gonna fix everything and evolve into a new way of being by next Thursday. That's not what that means. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so Saturn, Saturn and Uranus are gonna square two more times this year, June and November. Mm. Mars is going to keep going to the Zodiac, obviously, without retrograding. So right now it's squaring into Aquarius. It's going to pose when it gets to Leo. It's going to square again when we get into Scorpio. And then when we get into next year, the nodes are going to change. South node's going to go into Scorpio. North node's going to go into Taurus with Uranus. And that means <coughs> that we're supposed to be diving into creating new worlds, solving problems, manifesting a better way of being. If you have been stuck in the old way and have been unwilling to change, you will be susceptible to falling into South Node and Scorpio, meaning it's going to feel like a pit. 
a pit. Like, oh man, I do not want to be here. Yes. Correct. <laughs> you do not want to be there. <laughs> so it's being really proactive now. Be proactive in whatever the future looks like. I want to be in it. That's good enough for right now. Whatever that is, I want to be in it. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Excuse me. It sounds good to me. <laughs> it sounds what? It sounds good to me. Like, you know, we. It, it feels like if we were to be given too much information at once, we would just mess it up. You know, like you, you need just a little bit at a time. And this, this kind of what it sounds like to me is like, okay, you just need to flow and start to get really real about who are you and what do you actually want and stop caring so much about what society has told you before that you should want and who you are. And it's breaking through that. And I think, um, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I work with right now are doing that big work and, you know, having seen that evolution in myself and with others around me for months and months and months and months, it does make me feel excited because I, you know, maybe like at some point last year, I was like, Ooh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel confident that with the people who are stepping up into this and doing this work, we we're going to get where we want to get and it's going to be awesome. So I don't feel super doom and gloom about it today. <clears throat> today. Yeah. So this is where I'm, this is where I am today. <laughs> yeah. So the, let me, I just want to illustrate this a little bit further, if you don't mind. Yeah. The, the way that I try to, to get people to wrap their heads around what I'm talking about is I give the example of the internet. If you went back 20 years and said to me, you're going to be in a worldwide web talking about how the planets are going to evolve humanity and the universe itself. I'd be like, no, I don't want to be in a web that covers the world. <laughs> that would have scared the shit out of me. Okay. It's like that. You will not recognize the world you live in. In one year, two and a half years, 24 years, you won't recognize it. So much evolution and growth and future forward kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what, what's, what, what the real future is, is repairing our humanness. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be things like now, because South Node's going to go into Scorpio, right? It's going to be things like, how long are you going to self-identify with your trauma? How long are you going to let that go? You're going to stay there? Is that who you are? I've been traumatized. 50 years later, you're still traumatized. <clears throat> are you gonna find the way to heal out of it and be whole? You can't, you can't, you can't. I mean, you can. Some people roll around and self-identify with their suffering and they're deeply in love with it. Deeply in love with it. Your kink. <laughs> right. But, or do you wanna be part of like what's next? If you're going to be part of what's next and you've got work to do, and I'm not saying like you, like people out there, so I'm telling myself this too. I'm like, here's some things that have, you've got to find a way to shed this. You've got to find a way to shed this. Come on. <clears throat> it's in the way that you talk to yourself. It's in thinking that you need permission. It's in, you know, doing what, what, what only the things that you have examples of. Like you, you, you can only do things that have a pattern what everybody else does. Otherwise, you're not willing to create a new way because it's too scary. Why is that? Look at all of those things. What stops you from breaking from the pack and going your own way? What stops you? 
your woundedness, your patterns, your family, your ancestry. What is it? Learning to find a way to evolve. If you want to do that, if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to evolve into a new way, I'm telling you, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to not change. It's going to, it's going to cost more energy to go, no, I'm staying right here. It's going to cost more energy to do that than to go, okay, all right. Isn't that interesting? It's like a river, Sarah. Are you, are, I mean, how much energy would it take for you to go, no, with like a raging river? You'd, you wouldn't make it. No. You wouldn't make it. It would take all of your energy and you would go under. Yes. I'm just like laughing, Susan, because I used that exact same imagery on the new moon call last night about like, you can be a, you can be a stone in the river, but that river is going to come smash against you and it's going to wear you down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon came from a river. Okay. Like flow is powerful. Yes. You might as well go, all right. Okay. Let it all go. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Whew. So much to think about and like such exciting energy too, because it's nice to know that something is happening and it's not just conjecture anymore. It's not just like we're philosophizing about it. It's like it, you, you, you look at something that happens in the stars and it's like, boom, now it's happening right here. There's, here's a, oh, look, you know, the Capitol building. Ah, like all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, it's not subtle. <laughs> right. It's very obvious. It's very obvious. It's like, how many more signs do you need <laughs> to like get the point? Yeah, it's a, it's been, it's been a really weird experience to be. I've been walking people towards this time for what eight, almost nine years now, and it's no longer. You got six more months. You got three more months. You got six weeks. It's not like that anymore. I'm like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Here we are. <laughs> it's now. This is it. It's now. <laughs> right. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Susan. Um, we know we, we kicked Mercury retrogrades, but anyway, that's right. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. Um, so you guys, if you want to learn more about Susan and book some sessions with her, I will be posting the podcast in a little bit and putting all of her links there. So I highly suggest you go do that. Thank you so much, Susan. Thanks for having me here, Sarah. So much fun. So much fun. Love, love.